Thank you, and you may be seated. Um, what a pleasure it is to be with you here this morning. Um, I happen to feel like I am in a place with friends, and I've felt that way many, many times. Um, over the years, it seems like uh, I have been here on the campus of West Coast Baptist College or in Lancaster Baptist Church, and, and always felt like there was a comfort, uh, like-mindedness. I didn't want to sort of start here with just a little bit of a story to just illustrate that. Back a couple of years ago, uh, my wife and I, we had the privilege of going on a cruise that was, of course, led and hosted by Dr. and Mrs. Chapel. It was a cruise to the Mediterranean and to view many of the places where the Apostle Paul had once visited. And it was on that cruise, and you have to understand, uh, my wife, just so sweet and so wonderful, but sometimes so unassuming, we were in Athens, and we were actually down one of those busy market streets. And my wife, you know, she was intent and she was focused on shopping and shopping for the grandkids. And, and I'll never forget when she was going down one of the streets, uh, all of a sudden we got, basically we separated just briefly and somehow she made a right turn, I made a left turn and, and she didn't realize it. And all of a sudden she found something she wanted for one of our granddaughters and, and, and she reached over at what she thought was my arm and she grabbed the arm and she said, honey, do you think we should get this for the grandkids? And suddenly she froze when she realized she was holding the arm of Dr. Chapel. <laughs> And uh, she, uh, she quickly, you know, sort of did, and, and, and Dr. Chapel, you know, just was so serious stone face. But his wife, uh, Terry, she just spoke up real quickly and she said, I saw that coming a mile away. She could figure that was gonna happen. Just again, sometimes you have that familiarity and you just sort of think, you know, you assume. But it's been my pleasure to have been um, there at the First Baptist Church of Rosemont, Minnesota all of these years. And, and I have to tell you, I'm just so excited though to be here this morning. And I want to invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Ezekiel chapter 24. Ezekiel chapter 24. And I'm going to be having us look here at just the life of Ezekiel. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. You know, I look out here and I see uh, each and every one of you, you are here for a reason. And the reason is for ministry. And, you know, I have to just remind you that you know, ministry is not about you doing what um, God can do. There is only one God. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient. He is omnipotent. But you and I are not God. And there are some times when we are going to be reminded of our frailties. You know, I remember just a couple of, uh, just uh, about 15 months ago, uh, I was walking outside of my house and, and I stepped outside and I've got a little bit of a slanted driveway and I didn't realize that overnight the driveway had had just a glaze of ice. That it sort of just leveled off around and you couldn't really see it. It was so just slight and little. And, and I again assuming, just walked out just assuming that I was going to be level footed when all of a sudden my feet went out from underneath me. And all of a sudden I landed flat on my back. Sat there, you know, just dazed, stunned for a second, and then finally may, managed to get my way back into the house. And, and, and I seemed like I was fine there for a few hours, but boy, by the next day or the next couple of days, I, I literally couldn't move. And, and I will tell you that, you know, those, those injuries, sometimes those soft tissue injuries, those are the toughest. But what was hardest for me is then having to go to church and preach. And then having to go to church. And my church is actually, you know, they are used to, they even comments sometimes about how that, you know, Pastor Clear tried to keep up with him. He walks fast, he does things fast. And, and, and yet I was all of a sudden, I was immobile. 
And, and I found myself, and, and again, this is, you know, so humbling when here I'm used to just moving around and doing what I want to do. When all of a sudden I'm on crutches and I'm using a walker and I was even using for a while there a wheelchair and it got so bad uh, for a couple of weeks, I, I, I couldn't even stand. So I had to, you know, tell the folks, now listen, you're going to have to just put up with this, but, but I got a stool so I could just even sit. And, and I preached to the people. You know, we have to be reminded that we are not superman. We are not superwoman. We do not uh, have the ability here to do everything. But I'm so glad, by the way, that we have a God. And God can. And, and therefore, this morning, I just, I wrestled with this, and I, I had better sermons I could have preached, but I don't think I have a better message I could bring to you this morning than the one I'm about to bring, because I want to talk to you about the ministry. And something that I learned back over 40 years ago, when I took what I call the ministry challenge, and it's that challenge that I want to bring to you here this morning. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I ask that you would just even guide direct my thoughts as, Lord, we just consider here the life of Ezekiel. Lord, I pray that you would give me here just clarity as I try and just challenge uh, these young men and young ladies, Lord, for ministry ahead, that they would even realize here what I have been realizing and am still learning in the great ministry. Lord, we just pray that you bless our time together. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Ezekiel 24 and verse number 18 is an amazing verse where the Bible says about Ezekiel, so I spake unto the people in the morning, and at even my wife died, and I did in the morning as I was commanded. Now, I said that over 40 years ago, I basically took what I consider the ministry challenge. And the ministry challenge is really, to me, it is three simple thoughts. The first thought is the ministry is great. The second is the ministry is hard. But the third is God is faithful and God is good. You know, when I was just a senior in high school, it was, uh, I, I grew up in Minnesota, as you heard, and, and I actually attended for the last couple of years a Christian school. And I hadn't given enough thought to it, but all of a sudden it was just within a couple of months of graduation. And at our graduation, it was always incumbent, all of the graduates, I had a small Christian school, we had six in my graduating class, and they always said, you know, now when you graduate, uh, we want you to get up on graduation night and we want you to give a testimony and tell what you are planning on doing. And so all of a sudden it sort of became like that final exam. I had to study. I all of a sudden had to begin to debate and deliberate. And I was very serious about this. And it was actually that final semester of my high school that I began to really seek the mind of God. And it actually started with, I had a, an encouraging remark that was given to me, and, and it just reminds me, by the way, how important sometimes our encouraging words are. But I was in a speech contest for our Christian school, and in our statewide competition, I entered a contest and just gave a speech, and I had a, a, one of the pastors that was judging, he just simply wrote the words. He said, Dave, have you ever thought about preaching? I hadn't but now I was. And I asked, Lord, is that what you want me to do? I was strangely led to the book of Ezekiel, not something I would normally suggest you go to your devotions with. But I was led and intrigued by the life of Ezekiel. And as I began to study the life of Ezekiel, I came to the conclusion as a senior 
that there were three things that were true. I learned, first of all, that the ministry is great. I'm not going to have you turn back there, but in the beginning of the book, in Ezekiel 2 and verse 3, it was a verse that was actually monumental to me when it was almost like my name was emblazoned there when it says, and he said unto me to Ezekiel, son of man, I send thee. I send thee. The ministry is great. And by the way, the ministry is great. When I say ministry, I understand not everybody is called to be a pastor. Not everybody is called to be a missionary. Not everybody is called to be a Christian school teacher, an evangelist. But you are called to serve. And you are called to serve God. And therefore, no matter what you do, it is great because it is for the Lord. And I mean everything. I take, for instance, as an example, when I was in college, I had one summer that I chose to intern at my church. And I chose to just simply do whatever they wanted. It basically meant anything. And I can remember there was a time in the summer, that summer, that the youth pastor at the time, Pastor Dan, Pastor Dan Parton was the youth pastor. He came to me and he said, Dave, he said, we're going to have vacation Bible time here in a few weeks. He said, we got a problem. He said, our big inflatable, it's a real big draw. The kids love, they love to come and bounce in this thing, but it's really a mess. It's got a lot of holes. Can you fix it? And I said, sure. I didn't know what in the world I was doing. But I'll never forget taking that big inflatable. We owned it, but we had kept it and had gotten in disrepair. And, and I, 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 back in those days, before you had, you know, the Internet and you could Google something, you could have a YouTube video. Before then, you had to find somebody who knew something about what you were going to do. And so I went and found a place that rented these. And I asked them, how do you repair them? And I learned a process, a procedure, and I worked hard. And, and to be honest, the longer I worked, the more that I felt like I was patching the Titanic. <laughs> but by God's grace, when I got done working, I mean for weeks on patching that thing, it held up enough to be a place where kids could come and enjoy and not only bounce in that inflatable, but they heard the gospel and they trusted Christ as Savior. You know, there's something that I've said to many of our staff over the years, and especially when you have longevity, one of the things I know, especially the younger staff, I oftentimes will walk up to them after they've been there a month, a year, and I'll ask them this question, do you still enjoy it? Because I remember the first day I remember the first day that I was, I remember the first time I, when I came on staff 35 years ago, I was the youth pastor, I came to an empty office. And many times I will go by that office, it's no longer my, that office, it, now I've got a different office, but I'll walk by that and I will remember the day how I felt on my first day. Do you still enjoy it the same way? Boy, I was like a little kid in a candy store. You know, we need to realize the ministry is great. You know, over the years, I've had opportunities. I've had opportunities for nine years. I was a youth pastor, then an assistant. For the last 20 years, I've been the pastor of the church. And I've had many opportunities to lead, to try and build Sunday school classes, to try and build bus routes, and to try and reach people. I've led a lot of people to the Lord. I've had a lot of people that I've married, a lot of counseling I've done. I've tried to do a lot of different things. I've had big days. I've had a lot of challenges. And when I look back, you know, I can't honestly say that there was any better thing that I ever did than patching that big inflatable. 
You know why? Because that was just as much for the Lord as preaching to thousands of people. It was just as big of a thing as being, you know, honored or having something big in front of the church. You know, it's interesting when you study the life of Ezekiel, you always have to factor that Ezekiel was one of a few at the time. When you study the life of Ezekiel, you have to actually pair him with a couple of other men. Ezekiel was serving pretty much the same time as a Jeremiah was serving, as the same time as a Daniel was serving. But every one of those men, they served in different places in different ways. Ezekiel, he served in exile to the exiled Jews. Daniel, he served in the palace. He, he, he was more the one that, you know, became the very outspoken, the prophecy speaker. Everybody knows the prophecies of Daniel. But then there was Jeremiah, and Jeremiah was left behind, sort of like a war correspondent. He saw the war. He saw what happened when Jerusalem was overrun. Every one of these men, they served in different places, in different ways. But everybody is important. By the way, I say that to you here this morning, because some of you, you might be planning to do something behind the scenes or in front. It doesn't matter behind the scenes in front. We're all on the same team. And we need each other. And I want to encourage you, the ministry is great. The, the ministry is great. And, and again, it's, you know, so much about perspectives. You know, sort of like, you know, the 12 spies, the, you know, the 10 came back with the bad report, the two came back with the good. You know, which one are we going to look at? Just look at it this way. The ministry is great. It's what you make out of it. But, you know, the ministry is not only great, and there are great victories, there are great thrills, but I have to also remind us and say that the ministry is hard. And the ministry is hard because it involves sacrifice. That's what I wrestled with actually 43 years ago when I was actually contemplating, do I really want to live the life of a preacher? Is that really what I want to do? Because I knew, I knew firsthand that pe uh, pastors suffer, people in ministry suffer, their sacrifice. You know, it's one of the things, by the way, for you young preachers, you have to understand that when you are preparing to preach, there's a difference between you preparing to preach a message and God preparing you to preach. Amen. There's a big difference. For you preparing to, prepare, to preach a message, that involves study. But when God is preparing you, he breaks you. And he breaks you in some ways that are most uncomfortable. Take the life of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was broken over and over again. His messages were messages that would be hard to preach. Why? Because he had to do some uncomfortable things. Take, for instance, in chapter 4. In chapter number 4, Ezekiel was called upon to lay on his side for day after day after day. 390 days, then he had to flip over to the other side to illustrate the two sides, the north-south, all the years that they had uh, lived in idolatry, and they had basically put God in a siege. God now is turning it back on them. And he says, now, Ezekiel, in order to illustrate this, I want you to lay on your side. You ever lay, just laid down and just laid there for a long time? I mean, when you're sick, it's one thing, but even after you're sick for a while, you want to get up. And yet Ezekiel was told to just simply sit still, to lay down and to illustrate that. We know, of course, in another chapter, in chapter number four as well, that he's called upon to eat some what I call defiled bread. 
And without going into it, he was called to do something so disgusting. You know, my wife has been on a holistic diet, and this would not be on her diet, what Ezekiel was called to do. But you know, the thing of all things that I want to bring to your attention this morning is when we read in chapter number 24, one of the uncomfortable things, the breaking things that God did with Ezekiel was this. Notice in verse number 16, son of man, behold, I take away from thee in chapter 24, the desire of thine eyes with a stroke. Yet neither shalt thou mourn nor weep, neither shall thy tears run down. Forbear to cry, make no mourning for the dead. Bind the tire of thine head upon thee and put on thy shoes upon thy feet and cover not thy lips and eat not the bread of men. So I spake unto the people in the morning and at even my wife died. And I did in the morning as I was commanded. You know, it's interesting that the Bible provides just a couple of verses about the marriage and what happened with Ezekiel. What I find interesting, first of all, with this is how God describes her. We don't know much about the wife of Ezekiel. We don't know her name. We don't know her background, except God just simply reflects. And he says to Ezekiel, he said, I know that she is, and I love this, the desire of thine eyes. Can I just say, by the way, for those of you who are married or those who will get married, that listen, it ought to be that we have such a relationship with our spouse that they are the desire of our eyes, that we have such love. What a loving expression, adored, cherished. It's obvious, but we don't know how long they had been married, but it's obvious that Ezekiel loved her. And it's described in God realized that. Listen, God knows. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about uh, your family. Uh, the world is always, you know, distracted by different things, but God has this perfect understanding. We find that all of a sudden God comes to Ezekiel one morning and he announces something that is startling. He, he says, son of man, behold, I take away from thee the desire of thine eyes. I want to get to my third point because we know that the ministry is hard and sometimes hardships like even death come. But I want to remind you that God is always faithful and God is always good. You take this story of Ezekiel. God said to Ezekiel, I'm going to take away your wife. Now, at first you know, glance, you know, that seems very cruel. But if you look real closely, you're going to see that God is loving and tender and gracious. And God is good. Notice, for instance, how it's described. Son of man, behold, I take away from thee the desire of thine eyes with a stroke. What does that mean with a stroke? It means either literally a medical stroke. We sometimes, you know, have people that suffer from strokes. Or it could be a literary stroke. But either way, it is sudden. The point is this. Ezekiel's wife didn't have to suffer a long bout with sickness. She didn't have to suffer a long time. Whatever happened, it happened quickly. That is grace. God was gracious. In addition, if you look at this just on face value, there's never any mention of any children. When the Bible mentions here about the marriage, it just simply says, I take away from thee thy wife. But we, we believe that there were not any children involved. You know, just a couple of days ago, I was with a missionary, missionary that we support in our church, uh, a missionary that is planning on going to Iceland. And that he happened to marry one of the best young ladies that has ever come out of my ministry. A young lady by the name of Nadia, Nadia Goncharenko, and Michael and Nadia Shaver, they were planning on going to Iceland as missionaries until his wife got cancer, and just a little over a year ago, 
God took Nadia home. And I sat with this missionary and we prayed and we cried as we just sat over a cup of coffee and we talked about the fact that here he is now, he's still planning on being a missionary, but he's got five children that he's got to raise by himself. In Ezekiel's case, there were no kids. In Ezekiel's case, there were no children. That's a hard thing. But in Ezekiel's case, I'm here to tell you, one of the ways, you got to look at the glass half full here, that God knew that, and therefore, God just simply chose the lot in life, wasn't going to have that burden that he had to bear. What I'm saying is this, that God is always good. God is always faithful. In verse number 18, the Bible says, So I spake unto the people in the morning, and at even my wife died, and I did in the morning as I was commanded. I'll tell you why I thought about this message here today, because I actually contemplated 43 years ago everything. I had no idea where God was going to lead. I, I had no idea I was going to be going to Minnesota. I had no idea that I was going to be a pastor. When I surrendered, when I surrendered to ministry, I had no idea what colleges, what teachers I was going to have. I had no idea of the hardships. But God did. And God always has a perfect plan. It was just over a year ago that my wife and I returned from a trip. And my wife was concerned about a lump. A lump that was suspicious and a lump that certainly had to be checked out. And so I told her, I said, honey, get in to have this checked out as soon as you can. And she did. And I'll never forget because she went alone to this appointment. But when she called me and she said, can you come home? I knew that there was some bad news. And I came home and my wife told me the news. She said, I have cancer. And we began to just process that. The news was obviously stunning. It understandably was going to change a lot of things for us. But I have to tell you, again, I'm only a year past that announcement, but I have to tell you that God has been really good. And God has been really faithful. In the last year, I don't know how many times that my wife has gone to a doctor's office and submitted to a test or to treatment. She has gone through rounds of chemotherapy. She's had major surgery. She has gone through a round of radiation. She's currently going through some chemo and immunotherapy. But I will tell you, and, and, and it's too early to declare her to be cancer-free, but I can tell you blessing after blessing after blessing that God has shown us and we are reminded all the time. My wife journals, and she's written down so many of these blessings, but in all of this, but one of the things that's been a blessing is the fact that uh, my wife, Valerie, uh, she has hardly missed a single church service. And you have to understand, in my church, Valerie is the main pianist. She plays for the choir. She uh, plays for many of the specials. She is the main church pianist, and she, to be honest, she's a really good one. She's really missed when she's not there. But she hasn't had to miss. She, she's been able to play. We talked about that, ju just the fact that when you go through uh, treatments like chemotherapy, oftentimes uh, there's a uh, tendency for that to affect um, your fingers, your toes, and, and, and it can bring neuropathy. And, and we prayed about that. And we asked, Lord, if it please you, let her not have to miss. She hasn't missed. 
The doctors have been amazed with the fact that she has had minimal side effects. The doctors have been amazed at the progress. They've been amazed at just everything that's happened. But in addition, financially, every bill has been paid. I remember uh, back uh, in the middle of this when we had uh, just looking ahead, uh, they were talking about the immunotherapy and it's a new a novel thing that they've been doing. And we were contacted about this and when we were told what this was gonna cost, the sticker shock you know, hit us very big. And we prayed about it, we even talked to the company and they wrote us a letter soon after finding out that I was a pastor and I was you know, in ministry. But they wrote me back and they said, you know, we're gonna just simply give this to you for free. And it literally was hundreds of thousands of dollars that they wrote off and just we did not owe them a penny. And I'm here to tell you that just time and time again, that we've had many opportunities to even share. Valerie, one of the things, you know, that we've even noticed here is how that, you know, sometimes when you're going through sickness like this, how, how people are nice to you, nicer than normal. And it's actually opened up opportunities to witness in the hospital, to witness uh, to people that otherwise, uh, I've got a good friend, a good friend uh, that I uh, share. Um, I, I do some refereeing on the side and this uh, friend of mine, uh, he and I have gotten very, very close. He's not even saved. But when his wife this last year, when she found out she had cancer, all of a sudden we had an opportunity to get them to come to church, to witness to them. And I trust you'll pray for them. I'm simply saying that God has been good. And God will be good to you as well. And again, I, as I said here, I, I had better sermons I could have preached to you. But for some reason, I wanted to share with you what I was contemplating back when I was just a senior in high school and thinking, God, I don't know what's in front of me. But you know, I'm thinking about ministry. I'm thinking about the very thing that you are in seats here now for, preparing to some graduating in just a couple of months, some graduating within a couple of years, but you are going to be launching out into ministry. And it's that big unknown that oftentimes can be big and scary because you just don't know what that means. Therefore, I thought it might be helpful this morning if somebody or somebody representing a bunch of others might just simply come before you and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Why? Because the ministry is great. Yes, the ministry is hard. And sometimes, you know, I, I, I'll never forget, you know, time, one of the hard things in ministry, you know, is when people leave. We, we had one year in our church's history when I was early on as a youth pastor we had in one year, we had 37 families leave the church. That's called a split. That was hard. And I can remember having to do a lot of extra things. I can remember having to shave some of the costs and we had to just, you know, tighten our belts and, and, and we made it through. The ministry is hard. The ministry is great, but God is faithful and God is good. And I just wanted to give you that word this morning. Notice the Bible says that Ezekiel, that he spake unto the people in the morning. He spake to the people in the morning, and even my wife died. And I did in the morning as I was coming in. One of the things I do every single day is I wake up and I acknowledge the sunrise. You know, do you ever do that? Do you ever look at the sunrise, even, you know, dare to even get up when it's just rising? You know, the amazing thing to me is that is a sign, I think, from God to just remind us that God continues. You know, you go to bed at night and sometimes, you know, the things look very bleak. They look very dark. 
You, you got circumstances, you got bills. Some of you right now are trying to figure out how you're going to pay your school bills still. You're, you're looking at, you know, maybe some, uh, there might be something in your background. Maybe your family is going through a tough time. Maybe there's illness. But I'm here to tell you the sun comes up. And Ezekiel said, at even my wife died. And I did in the morning as I was commanded. I did in the morning as I was commanded. God is faithful and God is always good. Martin Rinkert was a pastor in a little church in Eisenberg in Saxony, Germany during what was called the 30-year war. It was a just horrendous time. As that war continued on and on and on, as that war continued, the refugees, they continued to flood into that little town in Germany. As they continued to come in, it was just incumbent upon many times the hardships came, pestilence came, famine came, things got hard, people were starving, and pretty soon people began to die. Pretty soon the pastors died until there was just one man left, and it was Martin Rinker. He was the only pastor in that town, and all of a sudden he was filled with a responsibility as people began to die, and he conducted one, two, as many as 50 funerals a day. It's out of that that Martin Rinkert wrote the words of this famous hymn. Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things have done in whom all his world rejoices. Now thank we all our God. I want to just encourage you in ministry. God bless you. I hope that, by the way, you have great lives, great ministry. I hope that you see God do some great things through you. But I want to just encourage you with simple thoughts. The ministry is going to be great, but the ministry will be hard. But God is faithful, and God is always good.